You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we move on to episode 14 of season three of our Nip Tuck coverage, Cherry Peck, uh, the first of kind of a two parter when it comes to the finale, the carver, everything else in between. It was a uh, a big deal, and uh, we're going to get to the big deal reveal. That's sort of a rhyme that I like to say. Uh, this episode first aired December 20th, 2005, written by Brad Falchuk and Hank Chilton, and directed by Craig Zisk. A uh, lot to get to. Very exciting. Uh, my name is Ben, and it's just hard not to hit on a guy as cute as you, Nick. <laughs> and my name's Nick, and you were perfectly willing to spread your legs like a Roman gymnast for me. That was one of my backups, but you didn't take my other one, so I'm glad. Um, Yeah, I love this episode. This episode's great. It's such a relief to get back to some good episodes. I mean, I've been the last two. Um, But yeah, I I enjoy this. And kind of as you sort of alluded to at the end of last week, it's, you know, pretty much a first of a two-parter. These both did air uh, on the the same night in regards to the big reveal of the the carver. Um, But obviously, we've got the first bit here to get to. But... um, yeah, I, I feel this is kind of like overlooked in in the grand scheme of Nip Tuck finales, kind of. I know this isn't the finale, but uh, just kind of the lead up to it. Um, and I, I kind of feel that this really, as much as I like season four, I think the end of season three is a lot stronger than season four. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of think that maybe we might say that the next two episodes and how this all ends finales, maybe the last time we'll ever actually get a pretty decent finale of Nip Tuck for a season. Yeah, well, I don't really remember um, the season four finale, so I'm looking forward to kind of going back and watching that one. Um, it's it's an entertaining finale. Um, I don't want to spoil too much of my thoughts about the actual final episode because I've got a lot. Um, but I think we get a lot. I mean, yeah, it, it is worth keeping in mind that this was a two-part finale, so this is the first half, and so there's a lot of setup in this one um, and a lot of payoff in the second one. So um, if, if lots and lots of setup without without actually leading anywhere is not your thing, then you might not enjoy mm-hmm. this episode entirely. Um, but there is lots to like in this episode. I, I really enjoy it. Um, you know, and yeah, I, I do like that we kind of start to circle back on some of the storylines that we got at the start of the season. Um, which is which is nice. It's nice when things you know balls don't get dropped too much, which is probably not a good thing to say when we're talking about transsexuals. But you get my point. Um, yeah, so I, you know I think there's there's lots of interesting stuff in this episode, and um, you know it kind of kicks off straight away with the the Kimber. You know, obviously that's the kind of big storyline that happens here, and we start with a, a bleeding box. You know, I, I think this you know the kind of cold open. Well, it's not really a cold open, but you know the kind of the pre credit sequence here. Um, you know, where the, the implants turn up in a box and um, Christian kind of, you know, finds out that they're Kimbers from the serial numbers and there's a note in one of them. And it, it's all um, it, it's all about CSI, but I, I think it's a really good way to kind of kick this episode off. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but it's, it's kind of interesting that, like, yeah, I mean, it sort of was... Definitely with these ones, you do need to watch back-to-back, I feel, to kind of really appreciate this. But, yeah, like, kind of as we've sort of said a lot throughout these episodes in regards to, um, you know, like, just wait till we get to the finale and we kind of talk a lot about these setup scenes and things like this, that, and everything else that makes sense. And, again, you know, in hindsight, maybe it would have been best for us from day one to say who the carver was so we can really point them out along the way. 
Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take some time sort of, particularly next week when we, we get the review over little things that, you know, it's, it's interesting to watch this once you know, to pick up on just how obviously they crafted this storyline. And we get a bit of a reveal of that, uh, you know, in this episode and kind of what that will lead to next week. But, uh, anyway, we, we're back, uh, at the beginning though. Obviously, this episode's called. Well, just, just before we, yes, just before we move on. Um, oh, well, we haven't quite moved on, but, you know, if we're talking about the, the stuff around, um, you know, Christian kind of, um, getting to the implant and, you know, you obviously opens up the implant and there's a you know a microscopic note inside which is you know beauty is a curse on the world which is obviously the, the carver's thing to say um i kind of think they missed the trick here whereas if it's going to be about kimber they should have um put her engagement ring in the in mm. the um in the implant that would have been the way to go i think but yeah anyway i, I digress so i'm getting ahead of myself well i was just going to quickly go over the uh the cherry peck scene here of course so um where She's obviously, you know, we, I mean, we know who this is. We do. Uh, Sean and Christian don't um, because clearly, uh, you know, they just think she's another patient. But this is the thing I like about sort of the Cherry Peck characters, the fact that I mentioned this all the way back at the end of last season uh, in our Joan Rivers episode for season two, that kind of you just get a brief little glimmer of her uh, in the, the transgender support group. And then she's obviously back this season full stretch and getting bashed by Matt and pissing on Matt. And now she's back again. Um, but, uh, you know, she's obviously been to a surgeon to get some of her things fixed up, um, and it hasn't really worked out. And then, uh, you know, she's basically here to bribe them and say like, well, not bribe them. Um, what's the correct word there? Blackmail them. Thank you. Um, of obviously, you know, making sure that they'll do the surgery for free because it was your son who bashed me up. And then like, I love Sean here standing up straight away that like, well, I'll just tell them to arrest you. Like straight away, picks the phone up. Um, uh, so kind of like, you know, we're, we're hating her straight away, but I, I do like the stuff we'll get with her kind of in the next two episodes. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, the, the bleeding package, just once again, can we just point out, you know, good old staff at McNamara Troy, interrupt a consult, you know, no privacy, doesn't matter. Oh yeah, by the way, you got a package, then sign for it. It's bleeding. <laughs> like, you know, who in the US Postal Service allows this to be sent? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, yes, yes. How dumb are they at the U.S. Postal Service to be like, "Oh, John, this is bleeding. Ah, send it off. She'll be right." Like, this is going to raise a few alarms. This is post nine eleven, people. Um, you know, maybe maybe we're just learning. The reason they eventually leave Miami is just everyone's so shit at their jobs. Like the police is shit, the doctors are shit, the postal service is shit. <laughs> so the staff at McNamara Troy in Miami is shit. Um, it's just incompetence on all levels, really, isn't it? It really is. But yeah, like uh, this is a great setup, though. Like you know, the, the implants and just the music, the way it's going around it, and then like obviously you know the, the serial numbers and the note inside of it. Beauty's a curse in the world, and then we find out. It is one of your patients. It's Kimber's. Dun, 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 dun. Plot twist. Um, not really. We know she's been kidnapped by the carver, but poor old Christian doesn't. Um, yeah, it's just so good. I mean, this is just kind of leads up to why these episodes are so good. And just quickly, I'll, you know, Rona Mitra's back. Remember her? Uh, you know, it's, it's been a good nine episodes since the poor thing was attacked. But here she is again. She's looking all sexy again, ready to be Lara Croft. Um, and kind of, we just have to quick little thing of, you know, what do you think of my face? Um, you know, because remember, she was attacked. Um, but she's back into police mode here. She's not back into, like, flirting and, quote, undercover and having sex with everyone. Um, but obviously this is where Quinton becomes the prime suspect. Um, and Rona Mitra, you know, Kit's basically like, oh, we know. Like, we've had a tight leash on him. Uh, sure you have. Just like you were undercover the whole time. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's... What's it's, the point of it going on about, oh, do you think, do you like my, you know, like, he's just found the implants of his, you know, his fiance, <laughs> and she's like, by the way, do you, do you like do you like the job they've done on me? It's like, this is not the time. Like, Dick this is Kim, clearly uh, not the time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's we all know it's there just purely for the fact of the audience has forgotten about her. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. It's just, it's, it's like, come on, Kit. Like, her fiance's, like, got boobs missing somewhere. Um... But, I mean, do you like this whole setup kind of just between Cherry Peck? And I know you kind of obviously touched a little bit there yourself with the whole CSI sort of elements to it. But, I mean, as much as we've criticised Nip Tuck this season, we're kind of going a bit police showy at some point. I, I think this is the stuff that actually works well. Um, I think we kind of have to give it a pass. I mean, if this whole thing is that, you know, we're, we're leading into the find out who the carver is, we have to give them that, you know, a large portion of these last two episodes has to be, you know, police work and revealing that, you know, that we have to give them that. It, it is one of those scenes, where you, one of those episodes where you just have to let that slide, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we get Matt and Sean having a bit of a scene here. It's nice. Um you know, uh, Matt's come over to get some drugs. Uh, it's, you know, Sean and his Heineken. But I just, I love Sean here, not giving a shit about Julia. Because Matt's all like, oh, yeah, she's not feeling well. I'm just going to come get her some, like, pills. And Sean's just like, yeah, I'll give her some tomorrow. Like, she's sick now, Sean. Like, probably feeling yeah, yeah. shit. Like, you know. Well, obviously, obviously he, he knows that Tamiflu is not going to do a damn thing for her. But um, he can't really tell Matt that. But, yeah, he's not exactly putting Matt's mind at ease, is he? Yeah. But um, we obviously kind of, uh, you know, get a bit here where he's mentioning about uh, Cherry Peck and, uh, you know, that he kind of blackmail her. But Matt's kind of, you know, he's calmed down now. Matt's good again for at least a couple of episodes. He's not bashing his dad up and, you know, going to transsexual bars and being all evil and shit and having sex with racists. So he wants to fix her. He wants, he said, oh, you should fix her mistake. Um, And... You know, it's kind of, it comes down to the fact of, uh, you know, I made a mistake, it would mean a lot to me. And, you know, he's Matt. Oh, he's coming good. Well, at least, again, for a few episodes. Uh, meanwhile, next morning, finally, Sean's gone over to help Julia. Um, you know, let you suffer a bit tonight. Julia will be around in the morning. Um, and this is kind of, um, once again, we're back to bipolar Julia. She doesn't want anything to do with Sean. <laughs> it's like, come on. I like this episode. I feel like I'm bagging it out so much at the beginning. But, um, yeah, we kind of get her, like, feeling sick and wanting to move into the house. And, no, you know, this isn't the puzzle piece missing from our relationship. Um, I don't know. What do you, how do you feel about this? This is just, again, giving me the shits. Yeah, I think so. And, I, you know, I think it kind of just takes us back to, you know, season one where this was a big storyline and I, I'm... Um, it's so reminiscent. I'm scared that Jude's going to pop up out of somewhere, and and I I definitely don't want that. So, um, yeah. So it's um, it, it's not my favourite. I have to say. As long as we don't have random uh, psychiatrists showing up all of a sudden. Um, no, no, we don't need that. Clearly, all these people are, me- are, are very mentally healthy. They do not need any help from a psychiatrist. Very. How would that? How do you think this would have been? How the carve would have played out if she's still around? You know, like, would she have cottoned on straight away to some of the things going around at the office? Um, you know, I don't know. There's a big what if for our uh, Grace. Oh, no, I said her name. Oh, don't, Ben. Yeah. Just broke yourself. <laughs> it's been like two seasons since you said her name. <laughs> edit point, edit point. Uh, <laughs> I do have the power to do that, Ben, but I just get lazy. Um, but then we get 
So Quentin is the prime suspect all of a sudden as the carver. Just, you know, everybody kinds of being, you know, I guess accused of this. And this is what uh, I love Quentin says when he's like, you know, why don't you just like start looking at people who are just outside of, you know, people you've had sex with. Um, but uh, it's a great scene. I mean, this is kind of what I think I said to you before the the episode. Like, this has got so many great one-liners in this. Just the way that Quinton's back and forth with Kit, and uh, you know, props to Bruno Campos here. I just love the way he handles it. I don't know about you, but like, we kind of talked about how he's a bit sleazy and a bit creepy, old Quinton. But again, I love Quinton. I just I've always liked his character. I just feel sorry for the fact they just treat him like shit randomly. But then, kind of when he's got some great stuff to work with here, just like he's back and forth, and just the way he is, and like you know, obviously you. Were saying like you were perfectly you know why would i you know need this when you were perfectly willing to spread your legs and why would i want to rape you um and just yeah just kind of this back of all and my biggest question here though is why the hell is christian allowed to watch this like <laughs> yeah that, that's very true yeah <laughs> the great ineptness of uh you know the miami pd once again um but meanwhile through this great sort of interrogation scene uh we find out that Kimber's been found. There she is. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, I guess. But do you like this Quentin scene, or are you kind of down on it? I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this one. No, I think it's good. I think um, everything is through the lens of what we find it at the end. So I think this is one of those ones, like you talked about before, is it probably would have been a lot easier for us to talk about some of these episodes and these scenes towards the end if we had just talked about what happens at the end of this but we're not doing that so um it's one of those things we're going to have to park for you know one more episode and maybe come back to this and talk in a little bit more detail but yep i think i think it's really good um you know and i think um i think um bruno campos is doing some awesome stuff here like he's he's really shown a bit of range with this character that suddenly this character just feels like you know a bit of a crazy drug guy at the end of this you know whereas he was this kind of you know, fairly nice, you know, almost sweet doctor at the start of the season. So, you know, I, I, I do really enjoy it. It's, it's good. That's why I always love his character. Just like, you know, from all the crap that kind of he's sort of had to deal with in the middle parts of this season, he just has such a great payoff with his character. And I just kind of, I just love it. Um, but we'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, we, we obviously find out poor Kim has been found. She's been wandering around Alligator Alley. Wonder if she like discovered any, uh, you know, former, uh, you know, gang members that uh, Christian and Sean have uh, fed to the uh, alligators in the past. Um, but, yeah, we kind of get some confronting sort of stuff here when uh, Kit's obviously mentioning to Christian about how uh, the Carver's reversed every single surgical matter uh, that she's ever had done. Uh, you know, and Christian's like, well, that's at least 10 procedures. And all this has been done without any anesthetic. So, you know, moving the nose cartilage, collagen, burning a skin, rotten chicken fat inside of her for the reverse lipo. Um, oh, just, it's really confronting. And just kind of, even then we get the scene, sort of, we see the carver doing it too. And it's something that Nip Tuck does so well, sort of the disturbing and the confronting, you know, all mixed into one. Um, and then, you know, Christian just, you know, oh, I need to fix her. Um, and, you know, I've just got to be able to do this. And like, obviously Kit says that she's the best witness we have for this. Uh, great scene. Um, and I was kind of lump in here, obviously Cherry as well on the table. Um, and, uh, obviously, uh, Sean's listened to Matt. He's going to do this here as well. Um, and a bit of a weird sort of cut to, um, Julia eating steak. Um, (laughs) the way they kind of cut into it and Julia's dream sequence, which, I love this episode, but I hate this. Like, I like the Julie McNamara dream episode that we had in season two. I hate this scene. <laughs> like, Julie having a yeah, well, I think, dream about yeah, an well, eel I... in a vagina. I mean, what is this? 
Well, I mean, I, I I do want to kind of cut this up a little bit because I think yeah, the, the stuff around Kimber is you know. All right, like well, okay, well, I'll stop. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, because I do um, want to go into a bit more detail there. But yeah, by all means, talk about what I've just talked about before. That's yeah, it. it. You know. And, and and I do think that's really good. And I think probably what it really reinforces to me is that we actually needed some more of of the carver. I think it's really interesting that you know this whole thing is kind of built up to who's the carver and you know, you know kind of you know revealing all of that kind of stuff. But we actually didn't see all that much of the carver. You know, like it's 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 really almost a B plot. They kind of pick up at the end of the season, and that's really disappointing because I think I think it's a, it's a terrifying idea where you kind of get the um, you know the the mask and things like that. I think it just, you know, it is really really scary, and it's a shame that they didn't do more with it. Because I think in the end, I think one of the things I'm disappointed with is that you you don't get as much payoff as potentially um, you you might have enjoyed if you had seen more of the cover. I'm probably rambling a little bit, but I think yeah, it, I just feel like this scene just really reinforces to me just how terrifying the idea of the cover is, and you just don't really get enough of it to to really be satisfying. I don't think. Yeah, it's an interesting point, and I don't disagree with that, because, I mean, as much as I love these final two episodes and I love sort of the reveal and everything around the carver, I mean, there is part of it that does feel a little bit rushed in terms of when we get the reveal, the scene, and then kind of what goes on. And, I mean, I love sort of the explanation, the backstory kind of is, but, I mean, there's definitely holes in the story, which kind of we'll nitpick about next week, no doubt. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I've kind of never really thought about it too much, and, you know, we've obviously had so many wasted episodes this season, I feel, that... um, you know, maybe take out the whole Anne Hayes stupid Austin storyline and kind of just delve a little bit more into some of, some of the Carver stuff. Because, yeah, like this bit here where obviously he's going on about the reverse surgeries and kind of like what he's capable of. And then obviously when it comes down to like, yeah, the, the masking's terrifying, that kind of little head tilt he does. Like, you know, it's it's very kind of, you know, scary to think about something like that being confronted and being paralyzed with all this sort of stuff. So... Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. And I kind of think we can obviously talk a lot more about that next, uh, next episode as well. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely some interesting points there with that. Um, but yeah, this dream sequence. I mean, look, we get Julia eating steak. She's having sex with Grandpa Sean. There's an eel coming out of a vagina. They're terrified <laughs> at looking at a baby. Um, now look, again, issues with, I don't know if I feel bad picking on Julia here, but like, we had this storyline already about her doubting whether or not she should have another baby and is she too old and all this kind of stuff and blah, 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 blah. And like, ugh. well, I, yeah, I think, I think for me, I always hate dream sequences. I think they're just, they're, they're pointless fillers. I mean, um, I, I, I don't know about you, Ben, but anybody who likes to tell me about their dream that they had, um, <laughs> tends to drive me up the wall because it's like, well, it's not real. You might, you know, you might as well be telling me, anything like it, it actually has no interest to me at all um but um yeah i think it's it's one of those things that you know, some people like to talk about their dreams and 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 you know huge detail and it's not something that i really pay much attention to but yeah I, i'm not a huge dream sequence fan but you know just reading a little bit of trivia apparently this is supposed to be reminiscent of um a, a polanski film called rosemary's baby which is apparently quite a classic which i haven't seen that's um, um to, where the, to the baby turns out to yeah well to interrupt you there Sorry. quickly um ryan murphy recently did uh he's one of his new shows feud uh was the whole first season of feud was based around the feud between um oh the two actors in that i've gone blank on the name famous actors um but like based around the feud of them filming that movie together uh betty davis and um 
God. Anyway, it's great. It's fantastic. So Ryan Murphy obviously has a bit of an obsession with Rosemary's baby, clearly. <laughs> yes, yes. So I think, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I don't really kind of get a lot of what's going on here other than, yeah, like you say, it's a bit of a replay of, of season one, which is a bit disappointing. Now you could have gone in all sorts of different directions. And um, it is quite interesting where this this story kind of takes us, but this does feel like, and, and what should be absolutely focused in on the carver in these last two episodes, it's, um, yeah, it, it just, it just feels like a, a waste of kind of three or four minutes in the show when you kind of didn't need it really. Joan Crawford is the other woman I'm thinking of and great series feud is fantastic. Um, I believe the second season's about, uh, the feud around, um, well, maybe it's not the second season, but they're doing one about the feud around, uh, princess Diana and Prince Charles. But I think the next one's about, um, Oh, God, some famous person who was... Mur- yeah, anyway, I'm thinking out loud. But, uh, yeah, Ryan Murphy's obviously obsessed with Rosemary's Baby. But, yeah, like, I mean, I- I'm not down on dream scenes. I-, I-, I generally like dream sequences when they're done well. Uh, clearly, you must be a huge fan of the uh, Inception, Nick. must be one of your favourite films. Um, but um, the thing that was, I think I have a problem with this is we get Moni Julia waking up. But this, like, leads her into making a phone call to check the baby out, which then ultimately leads to us sadly finding there might be something wrong with this baby. <laughs> like, just based on a Rosemary's Baby dream sequence? <laughs> like, you know, when did Nip Tuck turn into, like, premonition show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, I think there was a, there was a, probably a tidier way of dealing with this. Like, we could have just kept her being like, well, you know, I'm 40... And I've got concerns, and I'm going to go to the doctor. Like, I'm not sure we needed the dream sequence with, you know, old Sean, like, just, you know, <laughs> pumping her, basically. I'm not sure that was really needed, you know. It was just, yeah. Do you like old Sean? <laughs> I, I like it more than um, eel, v- vagina eels. <laughs> uh, I will say we get old Sean again next season, but old Sean next season is better than old Sean this season. Um <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, so, yeah, anyway, uh, meanwhile, um, we, what do we have here? Uh, oh, so, yeah, we've got Sean and Christian um, sort of sitting at the hospital. You know, Sean, I'm just sorry. And, uh, you know, kind of Christian here, like, if I'd have known, you know, I should have known she wouldn't have left me. And I just want to see, you know. And once again, we see the ineptness of the Miami PD because all it takes is for somebody to walk up to a cop and offer a business card and, their guard goes completely <laughs> down. Uh- <laughs> yep. We've, defi- we've definitely established through, through three seasons of the show that the Miami PD are useless. I tell you what, if I ever go back to Miami, I'm just like not going to get, a, hopefully be attacked or anything because I'm like going to be screwed. Well, that, uh, as long as you don't perform um, indecent acts on a gerbil, you should be fine. <laughs> yes. Don't attack gerbils. Um, but this... This scene, wow. Um, you know, obviously kind of Christian there and having a bit of a conversation. You know, it's me, sweetheart. You know, Sean had to bribe him with a business card. I love how he says that. Um, and then kind of, you know, Kim has got a bit of a point here. Like, you left me to die. Like, I mean, as much as we think, you know, Christian thinking that she's left him, she's obviously been kidnapped and assuming that he doesn't care because, like, she, she doesn't know that he doesn't know. That makes sense. So you can kind of understand yeah, her right. viewpoint. Um, but then it's kind of, yeah, just this sort of backwards and forth about how she says, like, I'm a monster and like, the sheet's covering it up. It's kind of like the big reveal here. And, you know, um, she's like, oh, I need you to be honest with you. I need you to tell me that what am I like? She said, this is what you said about me when you first met me. 
you know, this is, I need you to be honest with me. And just the thing that I always love about this scene is that you kind of got this picture of what she's going to look like. And you kind of going to think that like, oh yeah, she's not going to look that bad. They're not going to do too much to her face. If you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, the prosthetics and the makeup and yeah, they'll just do a little bit here and there, but I'm always surprised at just how like terrible she looks and just how well they've done the makeup here. Um, you know, just absolutely looks terrible and how much she's been tortured through all this. And just kind of like Christian's reaction. He's got a bit of tears in his eyes, you know, like, I'll make you a 10 again. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's such a powerful scene. And like, again, sort of, we touched on this last episode. I probably said the scene from last episode is more deserving of a top five. But in the question, perhaps top 20, top 15, just this reveal of her. It's just, I think kind of a lot of the other stuff around this story would is more of a worthy spot in our top five than this scene. But um I don't know. I just, I just love the reveal here and just like how awful she looks and how well they've done to make her look that awful. Yeah, no, I think they do go for it, which is cool. Um, the, the, the only thing I really struggle with is that kind of the way they've done the kind of carve a smile on her. She does look a little bit like the Cookie Monster, um, <laughs> but that's just. That, <laughs> I, I I feel bad every time I think of that because like I, I I do think it's awesome makeup, but I you, like I just can't look at it and not think of the Cookie Monster. So sorry, I'm being a bit insensitive, but yeah, I think I think it is really good. Um, but yeah, I think this is a really sweet scene, and you know, and it's really well done. You know, again, you know, Julian McMahon just just coming to the party and doing an amazing job as he always does. Um, and yeah, and, and I do like the little scene outside between him and Sean before he goes in as well. So no, I think this is uh, again, I wouldn't discount this from a, a top five conversation because I think you know everybody involved in the scene is knocking it out of the park again, which is you know it's awesome, it's really good. Um, and you know, it's one of those things where you kind of feel sorry for everybody, which is it's it's hard to pull that off. I think. Yeah, and I, I love. Just again, the Kimber Christian dynamic that we get. And I mean, look, as much as we're saying, like, oh, you know, this is a bad season for Sean and kind of this, that, and everything else. I mean, up until this point, easily the best Kimber Christian season. Uh, clearly, I mean, they were about to get married. Um, but I don't know. I just like the dynamic of their relationship. And look, without being completely spoilerific, it's really not going to be the same again, kind of post what happens with all this stuff. I mean, she's still there, but I mean, she might have her eyes on another person closely associated in the circle soon. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but, you know, we've obviously got a bit more of her to come in this episode. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Julia's eel baby dream has led her to the clinic. <laughs> because why not? And we've got uh, Dr. Allenby, I think this is. Uh, I'm just looking at the IMDb credits here. Um, a woman here does look very familiar. And if I quickly look her up here... Nothing's really standing out too much in watching. Oh, she was in Judging Amy. I used to watch that. Maybe that's kind of in my mind. Uh, don't judge me. Um, oh, she was in maybe one of the, the greatest episodes of VR of all time, Love's Labor Loss. That's arguably one of the always voted maybe the best episode of VR, kind of back in its absolute peak in 1995. But oh, she's good. I like her. She's she's an actor who I think looks a lot younger than she actually is. So she looks like, even like when she's saying in this scene, like, Oh, and how's Matt and how's Annie? Like, I haven't seen them in ages. Like, really? You don't look that old to be saying that. Um, but like, I just love the fact when she's like, oh, how's Annie? I just I want, like, Sean and Julia to say, like, oh, we don't know. <laughs> like, who? <laughs> like, poor Annie. But, uh, yeah, so this is obviously the, the um, ultrasound and it's going to get a blank DVD, Nick. Like, this dates this episode a little bit, doesn't it? Remember blank DVDs? They were a thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you pull out the cassette or the, you know, yeah, something like that. Um, but, uh, 
and then obviously, you know, we're we're sort of hearing uh, about, um, you know, it's, it's what she said. Like, oh, it's so nice to see you two back together again. And it's all like, oh, roll eyes, here we go again. Um, and what is that? Like, oh, you're going to feel a little prick. That was going to be one of my other opening lines. Uh, and then they hold, <laughs> they hold hands. Oh, you know, what does this mean, Nick? Are they going to get back together? Ooh, aren't we just on the edge of our seats? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just don't like this. Clearly, clearly you're not. I don't care at this point. <laughs> like, I'm so over it. Um, I honestly have never felt so down on this whole storyline before in my life. And just for some reason, podcasting about it, nitpicking it, I'm just really just like, oh, like I'm not against Julia and Sean. I'm just over the backwards and forth. Will they, won't they? Like, God. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, Christian is uh, going to fix uh, Kimba. And uh, she's obviously saying like, no, I can't do that. Uh, and then, for some reason, Christian's going to do all the surgeries at once. That's less traumatic. Really? She's going to be asleep for a long time. Um, you know, Liz is okay with that. Um, we've got random anesthesiologist guy anyway. I don't know if you notice him just, like, randomly in the surgery room. Who is that guy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good for him. He's got a job for the day. <laughs> I've written here, who's random guy? <laughs> and oh, I, Everyone's got to have a job. Yeah. Where's Sean? Sean doesn't give a shit about Kimber. So, like, he's no. not there helping. Uh, they could have used Qu- Quinton here, the best face surgeon in the uh, East Coast. Nah. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's off in jail. But apparently, he's a carver at this point. <laughs> um, but uh, And then, like, you know, the sanitary, once again, little top-notch here in McNamara, Troy, because he can lean in and kiss her just as they're about to go into surgery. Uh, you know how dirty yeah. the human mouth is? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's best. It's best not to think about these things too much, isn't it? No, it really yeah. is. I think we're nitpicking so much for nitpicking's sake. We love this show, um, but it's just kind of like, yeah. Anyway, so um, get a nice little scene here of um, little uh, uh, Cherry Peck and Matt uh, applying some cream to a face, and uh, I like kind of like Cherry Peck. Yeah, I'm beautiful, and then here's Matt, you know, talking up and. Obviously, uh, you know, she's still flirting with him and she's all like, oh, you know, I'm getting reassignment surgery next year. And he's like, oh, I don't really think of you in that way. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, you haven't really mentioned much of your thoughts on the Cherry Peck stuff here. But, uh, you know, it's obviously setting a few things up moving forward from the last couple of episodes for Cherry and Matt, the beloved duo we've all been waiting to see, uh, not getting, like, bashed up or pissed on. Yeah, no, I think it's really good. And it, it's like we talked about a little in the last episode, it's nice to see Matt kind of coming back to himself again, um, you know, because he's gone to some pretty dark places in the season. And it's it's kind of nice to kind of come out the other side. And I think you, you, it's easy to forget the kind of long term story arc that we're kind of going through here that, you know, his interaction with Cherry kind of came out of the, the whole thing with Ava. And, you know, it's kind of taken a full season for him to kind of get, maybe not get over that, but, you know, to, to kind of move on from that and, and, yeah, so I, I think it's nice to kind of get to the other end of that um, in a sense that we get here that, you know, he's able to interact with, with Cherry in the scene. And, yeah, so I, I like it. I think it's good. Yeah, I, I think it's important with Matt to kind of always note that, like, as much as we keep saying hashtag poor Matt, hashtag this, and, like, I think you summed it up last season when you kind of said, like, he's never really the same again after post-Ava. And the one thing I, I do love about Matt's character in this show is when we get to the end and they do come full circle and, like, 
you know, we did mention that Ava sort of does come back to play in certain aspects, and I just kind of like how that is just such a part of him as a person that that never goes away. And I, I really appreciate on a TV show that they can kind of always retcon that sort of over multiple arcs and that they kind of always remember that. I mean, it just it makes it more realistic to me because we always have people in our lives that kind of are more important in our past than others and that if they come back into our lives years later, it's kind of, you know what I mean? They're always a part of you, and I just kind of like the how they do this with Ava. But, yeah, you're right, like... You know, we're kind of getting some stuff here with him and, you know, some happy stuff at least for, well, as always in that, five minutes. Um, so, you know, don't get used to Matt being completely uh, great for that much longer. Um, yeah. But, so we have this great sort of scene here with uh, Quinton. He's getting strip searched. Again, back and forth between him and uh, and and Kit and... Um, you know, I like this sort of mention bit when it's like, you know, it's not like I haven't seen it before or something and he's like, oh, you know, if I had sex with you, you'd remember me. And kind of, we're kind of obviously thinking all the way back to the, you know, the threesome, foursome scene back when they sort of were all getting it on with each other. And she never implies in that bit, if it's kind of just a little subtle little reference that, you know, she never sort of implies that they had sex there. It obviously comes down to her implying that he was, you know, she raped, he raped her. So it's kind of, it's interesting there kind of, you know, going back to that bit. But like, I remember watching this scene for the first time. Um, and you know, like when he says that line, like if you had sex, you'd remember me and like, you know, I rarely, I rarely forget a dick. And then just the way he like pulls down his pants and like her shock look and even the photographer kind of removes the camera. Like what the hell? I remember watching this the first time, like going, huh? Like, does he just have like a giant dick or something? Like I just, I didn't get it. That's what makes this review when we get to it so fucking good. Uh, I mean, were you kind of thinking anything the first, I don't know if you remember the first time you saw this episode, but just kind of thinking what this could actually be. No, I don't really remember too much about it in the moment. Um, but um, yeah, it, it's kind of like I'm sure this is um, reminiscent of, of you know some other like comedy movie where something like this happens. Eh? like what is oh you know actually th- what this reminds me of is um, a Kiwi movie called Stickmen, um, which is if you haven't seen it, it's a definite. It's it's like a um, it's a movie about like an underground pool tournament. Um, and it's very, very Kiwi and it's really funny, but they have one scene, you know, where basically somebody gets, um, um, gets forced to do a down trail cause they lose and they have to take their pants off. And the guy that it happens to him has a Prince Albert and hmm. you know, the whole scene is shot from a similar angle, you know, and, and the guy who makes him drop his pants is like, shit, how do you piss through that thing? <laughs> it's really funny. Like it's, it's a, it's a really good movie. So I recommend it if you haven't seen it, but that's what it reminded me of. So I was just looking at it as like a comedy moment more than anything else. Uh, I just I just love the reveal we get with it too. That's, uh, you know, he's just yeah got a pierced penis. Um, but uh, we yeah. always, we get Christian and Kimber, and you know Kimber's miraculously fixed pretty quickly. Um, again, the the time frame of this just obviously he's just gone out the window. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, this is again a nice little scene where kind of like we're assuming like yay they're kind of back together now and like talking about the wedding and you know, all this sort of stuff. But then obviously Kimber sort of throws a bit of a curveball here and is like, well, you know, I only wanted you to fix me so that the rest of the world won't scream when they see me. And, you know, what are you talking about the wedding? I'm sick of spending $600 a month on tanning salons. Um, just kind of like going back and forth, all the things that they're going through. She's obviously sick of being so materialistic and obviously Christian's here. Well, this is Stockholm syndrome. And, and then just kind of like these powerful lines when, you know, she says like, you know, he wasn't my captor. You were. Porn was. You know, uh, and then just Christian's sweet little line when he's like, you know, I don't give a shit about all this. I'll, you know, give up my job. We can go take care of lepers for all I care. Uh, you know, I need to be with you, baby. And then just the way he's like, you know, I need to not be with you. It's like, oh, ouch. Like, poor Christian. 
Finally, he's opened his heart up. Finally, he's fallen in love. Here he is, you know, and this like thinks she's left him, having sex with people with paper bags on his, their head and letting it all out. But then, oh, no, good news. He's, she's been, you know, saved, and here she is. She's, he's fixed her only for her to break up with him. It's like, wow. Like, come on. What does Christian have to do to catch a break here? Like, yeah, such a powerful scene. I feel just so bad for Christian. But again, having said that, it's not like I'm not saying Kimber's a bitchy. Like, I can understand completely where Kimber's coming from, too. It's This is why I make this scene so good. It's just you can understand the emotions of both people in this scene. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's what makes it really good, is that you can kind of see both sides of this this um, conversation. So, yeah, no, I, I really enjoy it. It's, it's good stuff to watch. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you really feel for Christian in this scene. Um, it, it's great, you know, because I think he kind of, he came in thinking, oh, well, you know, I can fix her and, you know, I can kind of undo the damage that, that I've kind of done by not, you know, like kind of kind of rid his guilt of not doing anything when she left. Um, and it kind of, yeah, it doesn't work out that way. So you, you do really feel sorry for him. It's, it's hard. Yeah, so much so. Uh, random scene here with Matt. He's um, in a like a I don't know a department store, putting on makeup uh, with Cherry. Uh, nice little scene, but then we kind of get bitch freaking store attendant, <laughs> just basically going off at her. Uh, and then Matt, like you go, Matt. She's more of a lady than you'll ever be. Like, Row. here you go. You know, let's just get up there and celebrate Matt's great uh, you know line there. Um, you know, just when you I think-, think this is one of those scenes that it, it kind of it kind of um ages the show a little bit because I think these days you could never kind of well I mean even then you would not expect that you know um an attendant in a store would treat somebody like that but even like I think today even more so like this yeah. would just be a, this would just be a no no you know that the 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 transgender community has definitely moved on. Um, a lot and um, you know I mean that that's credit to us as a society I suppose I mean there's definitely still a, a large element of people who probably you know feel and act like the store attendant does but it, you know it kind of feels like this wouldn't be a natural reaction that you'd see in, in 2017 but but you might have in 2005. Well this would be social media fodder I mean all it would take is one post at home this would go viral that store yeah. would get a bad reputation and it would just be clickbait and boom you know, so yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, Ariel just happens to be here and, uh, just, you know, I love Matt's line. Oh, you won't find any Nazi paraphernalia here, Ariel. Um, and then just like, you know, her kind of just being a real bitch and just like, oh, is that what you like? You like the fact that she's got a dick? Um, and you know, basically kind of goes off and tells her to go away. And then we kind of see a little subtle scene here of, Ariel pointing out to, you know, her dad, who just happens to be there, that there's Matt with Cherry. And like, this is the thing that I kind of like, just how this kind of come full circle with this whole storyline, is the fact that, obviously, you know, in the very first meeting between Matt and, uh, you know, her dad, we kind of had this sort of, you know, thing where the, the real big reveal that this guy's a prick is that he finds out that, you know, he's bashed up some uh, transgender people. So he's like, yeah, you've always got a seat at this table, Matt. Like, you're a fucking prick, clearly, uh, Ariel's dad. But now, like, he's seeing... Hi- uh, Matt with a with you know Cherry. I just think kind of the way it kind of comes full circle. I don't know. I just kind of like the way they do that. And obviously that's going to set us up for next week. But um, you know, I don't know if you've really got anything to add in that just last little plot twist sort of thing there at the end or anything like that. Yeah, I mean it. It is kind of setting us up for you know the the next episode, but in a pretty clunky way. I think you, you know I just. I never really expected what we get in the next episode. Um, it kind of comes out of nowhere, and I, I don't think they really set it up particularly well here. Yeah. 
I, I disagree, but uh, okay, that's what we're here to do. We like we're not always to, to agree. Uh, we get Sean sitting around with his scotch, uh, just chilling, and and a, and a coffee mug. Yeah, and a coffee mug, of course. Um, so classy, but they don't actually have any. Um, they don't have any glasses in their, you know, their swanky, um, you know, surgery. All they've got is coffee mugs. Yeah, Christian finds out obviously, you know, to my new son or daughter. I love Christian. You're shitting me. <laughs> like, you know, you two, like, oh, it only takes one time. And that obviously is to, like, go back. Remember at the beginning of that season when they fucked on Matt's bed? That's the time that uh, this baby was, um, you know, uh, conceived. Um, <laughs> I just like this scene here of, um, uh, you know, the child from her and my gene pool has turned out pretty well so far. Are they like, referring to Annie there? Like, has she, like, you don't know she exists. So <laughs> Yeah, wait till she starts eating here. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, so um, in comes uh, in comes Kit. Hello, boys. It sounds very uh, Lara Croft, Angelina Jolie from uh, Lara Croft Two. Hello, boys. Uh, then we find out that uh, Kim has gone to Delamere. Cool. Uh, but then this is where we find out uh, we've got new evidence against Quinton. He's uh, been released, and they're all like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" Uh, take a look for yourself. And I always forget that we don't actually... I always think we see the photo, but we don't. Maybe we did at one point and they just edited it in the... I don't know if you see it in your DVD version, but I don't see it in mine. But um, I always just remember no. randomly we see it, but maybe I'm just making that up in my head. Um, So they look at the photo and they both go, holy shit, is this for real? And dun-dun-dun, Quinton has no penis. Oh! <gasps> Plot twist! <laughs> End of the episode. <laughs> it's a bit Shortland Street, isn't it? Tell me that isn't your penis. Well, no, it definitely isn't, because there isn't one there. <laughs> uh, but it, I mean, this um, is what I was saying before, though. I just love this twist. Like, I just... I love a twist, as I mentioned a few episodes ago, when Kim is revealed to have been kidnapped. A twist that you just don't see coming. There's no way in your head you've guessed. And in no way <laughs> did I guess that he did not have a dick. So, yeah. I love this twist. It's great. <laughs> there, there's... There's absolutely no way you could ever guess this. There's, there's yeah. just, there is no way. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't love it. Um, I think <laughs> it's um, – because I think probably the thing I don't like about it is that it feels like it's a real overstretch to do the Ava thing again. You know, like the, this big reveal about, uh, you know, about a character that you just never saw coming, you know, it kind of worked for them in season two in the finale. And so, like, let's just try that trick again. So it feels like they're just going back to the same playbook. And it just feels like even more ludicrous and ridiculous. And, yeah, I, I, I guess it's, it is kind of coloured by what happens next. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it is, yeah, for me, I, I don't love it. Wow. I mean, one thing I'll say with Nip Tuck moving forward when it comes to their big season arc reveals, um, just, nothing will peak this. Like, they try their best to do some great things. Uh, but they really, from this point on, we're going to be, I think, collectively groaning at some of these moving forward, you know. I'm talking about people getting stuffed by Build-A-Bear machines and stabbing and, you know, uh, cancer reveals that aren't cancer and marriages that are happening randomly. And, yeah, there's a few things going forward that we're going to be groaning about. But I, I just, I don't know. I love this twist. I think it's great. Well, I, I, think, I, I think any time that you reveal that a character doesn't have a penis and they're supposed <laughs> to have a penis, that's always going to be a pretty uh, pretty impactful reveal, isn't it? <laughs> and I just love the fact that just how this plays in, like, it's so cleverly done next episode. I mean, I, again, I'm not saying that everything's perfect about everything that's going to happen next week in regards to this. 
Um, but you know, it's it's kind of going back to just so many little elements of this season which have to be explained. And I I like the scene we'll have with Quentin, Sean, and Christian, which is a lot of things are explained about this whole season. You know, even going all the way back early on. So um, yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's Cherry Peck. Uh, I guess we can go to the review here. And uh, what are we doing this one? Buying, renting, or binning? Um, I think it's a solid. It's a solid rent for me, um, I, and, and it's a high rent. Like it's it's probably one of the better rents of the season. Um, but it just doesn't quite have enough for a, for a, um, a buy for me. Um, but no, I do I do really enjoy lots of what's in this episode. Um, I think kind of the dream sequence stuff is is um, a bit of a waste, and you know I would have loved to have seen some other stuff there. Um, yeah, so I think there's probably the, the good stuff is good, and it just feels like it gets a little bit overshadowed by some rubbish. But I would say that when it, when this episode's good, it's really good. Yeah, I mean, I, you and I have been so bipolar on this. Like, you've rented two in a row. I went from binning it, but I'm going to buy this one. Um, yeah, I love this episode. And, like, besides the dream sequence, I don't know. I just kind of think this is a real standout, and this is such a good setup to it. And, you know, maybe it does come down to the fact that, yeah, like, I'm liking the the aerial stuff a little bit more than you are, I guess. And obviously the, the twist, I love the twist. So yeah, I mean, I can understand that. So it's kind of, it's been interesting and I've, I've really just been polar opposites. I guess this whole last seven episodes, I've even bought them or bin them. I've not rented anything since Ben White. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I just, I just loved kind of the lead up that we obviously will get now into, uh, into next week. And obviously that means, uh, we're going to lead up into the season finale of season three, Quentin Costa, uh, and I mentioned, I think, right at the uh, beginning of this season and back in our season two recap, that I like the finale. I love this sort of, you know, to me, this might be a better finale, in my opinion, than season one. Uh, don't necessarily think that's probably a universally liked opinion. Um, but, you know, I, to me, this is maybe the second strongest season finale we get overall in Nip Tuck. But uh, again, having said that, there is definitely some things about it. There's, you know, some gaping holes, I feel, in some of what goes on with this whole reveal with the, the Carver and kind of following on things with, uh, you know, Quinton and just kind of other things that happen in this episode. But um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. And uh, it will be our last season finale in Miami. So there's just a little thing for you to remember too going into next week as well. But uh, yeah, Nick, uh, Quinton Costa. Yeah, I have lots to say about it. Um, so I'm looking. I'm looking forward to talking about it. Um, I think there's good. I think there's bad, and I think there's a lot to unpack when we get to the end of it. Because yeah, this is the you know this is the end of a pretty long story arc. Um, maybe not quite as a, a big story arc as I first thought. Um, but what I will say is when we when we watch that next episode, as um, good, bad, or otherwise, it, I would say it's potentially the most important episode of Nip Tuck ever. Um, oh. But, but, because of because of how much is at stake about getting it right, you know, like it, if if they don't if they don't really nail this ending of this Carver storyline, then it, it will feel like we've wasted a lot of time. Um, and if they nail it, then it you know potentially it, it it's you know it makes for amazing TV. So just something to keep in mind is that regardless of how entertaining it is, I think there's a whole lot of extra pressure on this next episode to really deliver in terms of wrapping up a really big storyline. Wow, big call. I'm I'm intrigued to see how that plays out. Yeah, 25 episode story arc, you would argue, from the first introduction of uh, the Carver all the way back in Naomi Gaines, episode 7 of season 2, all the way through to episode 15 of uh, season 3. So there you go. Um, yep, that's next week. Quentin Costa, uh, send us in your thoughts in the meantime. Uh, Facebook us, Twitter us, Instagram us, YouTube us, email us, website us. Uh, we're also on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Subscribe. 
and uh, leave some comments and feedback while they're there. And uh, obviously looking forward to uh, going over a lot of stuff that we've kind of had to sort of keep a little bit secret for a long time throughout this show because we're trying not to spoil it for you. But uh, I feel like we can unleash the belt next week and go into some details. It'll be a good episode to get to a lot of things. My name is Ben and you want me to jerk off right now? <laughs> and uh, my name's Nick and um, I'm getting my reassignment surgery next year. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.